Oh, it was a beautiful day yesterday, by the way. Tom Petty. Rest in peace. Well, we lost a legend last week, didn't we? All right. It was a good day, though, as Tom Petty, the late, great Tom Petty, sings. Speaking of running down a dream, the Jacksonville Jaguars were doing that yesterday. And joining us now to talk about it is our buddy James Johnson from the USA Today Sports Wire. He covers the Jaguars from end to end, and we're glad to have him back on with us. And I promise now we'll give him more than five minutes this morning. James, good morning, buddy. (laughs) Hey, how are you, Phil? Thanks, man, for having me on once again. (laughs) Absolutely, James. Always love talking uh, Jags uh, football with you and pro football in general. And, of course, Let's start with that impressive win. James, i got to be honest with you, uh, at least the, the, the current rendition of this Jaguars team, um, as we've seen it have its ups and downs, looks to be pretty stable, the defense especially. And uh, I'll tell you, you talk about wins, uh, this is probably one of the biggest wins for this franchise in maybe, what, the last five years or so? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because this was a game where they were expected to lose. And not only that, they were traveling to play a playoff caliber team and came out, came away with the game uh, with a win. So and, and did it in convincing fashion. No, Nobody expected them to put up 30 and beat them, uh, beat the Steelers, that is, by 21 points. But that being said, uh, they, they went in there. Uh, they handled business. Their defense made the plays that, uh, you know, that, that came to them basically, as Jalen Ramsey put it. And, um, as a result, you know, they were, they were able to get an upset here and, um, also win some people some money who, uh, who are into Vegas odds as well. <laughs> Jacksonville falls behind three to nothing early yesterday, but, uh, that would be the last time that the Jags, uh, would fall behind. Jags down three to nothing. They make it seven to three on a great leaping touchdown from Leonard Fournette. What a great addition he's been to, uh, to this team. I'm so glad the Jags went out and spent that first round draft pick on the standout running back from Louisiana State University as, uh, he did his number. He did his job yesterday, uh, racking up some big time numbers rather with, uh, what, close to 200 yards uh, on the ground? Yeah, he had roughly, I think it was 181, if I'm not mistaken. To um, Yep, exactly, 181 yards, 28 carries, and two touchdowns. Love it, love it. And talk about for a second what a difference he has made. You know, a lot was made about Blake Bortles and some of the problems that he's had. And I know that that still remains a little bit of a concern, James, for Jaguars, the franchise, and fans. But the way Leonard Fournette ran yesterday and the way that the the Jags' rushing uh, game was uh, overall, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off of uh, Bortles, and you don't have to rely on the passing game to get it done. In fact, I'll make some similarities, and I know people may chuckle, but Jake Fromm with Georgia uh, wound up, I think, with um, uh, right at a hundred or maybe even less than that passing on Saturday. Same way with Blake Bortles yesterday. And again, when you've got a run game that's providing such a spark, you keep feeding the beast, so to speak, and you don't really even rely on the passing game. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing about Blake Bortles and the thing that you could probably say has, has ruined his career so far is under Gus Bradley. He had to simply pass the ball too much because the rushing attack wasn't there. And, I mean, me and you have talked about it over the years, Phil, when Blake Bortles has had to throw the ball 30-plus times, 25-plus times, sometimes over 32-plus times. And simply put, a young quarterback isn't going to win that way in the NFL, point blank, period. And so to to fix that problem, when Tom Coughlin came in and, and Doug Marone was named the new head coach, you know, the first thing that they brainstormed on and, and came to a blueprint to was to get a better run game going. And that included Leonard Fournette later down the road when they were able to draft him. Uh, they also tried to get Kevin Zeitler to, you know, fix the guard competition there. Uh, they also added Brandon Albert, as we all know, who, who really didn't pan out. But early on in the season, in the off season, should I say, you could see that that was their plan all along. That's what Tom Coughlin said in his first press conference with the team. And, and they stuck with it. They stuck with it through and through. I mean, we can look back at it and, and you know, say we wish they could have got Kevin Zeitler from free agency uh, to play guard. But that being said, they, they weren't able to land him. Um, they're still doing fine uh, without that addition. I, although I could argue uh, the guard play has been very hot and cold, and, and they do need some additions there eventually. Um, and, and also at right tackle, it has kind of been off and on. But that being said, Leonard Fournette is one of those backs that he, he makes something out of nothing at times. He's always falling forward. And he's a guy that was pretty much, if you were going to take a running back, that was perfect for this team because sometimes the blocking isn't going to be perfect, as we've seen uh, over the, the course of these last four weeks. And and like I said, he's just made some impromptu uh, you know, yardage out of nothing. And not only that, he scored in every game uh, of the first five weeks of the season. So, you know, he's definitely in the conversation for rookie of the year. The only other running back that really can challenge him at this point is Kareem Hunt from the Kansas City Chiefs. I loved uh, Nathaniel Hackett's um, uh, approach and his game plan yesterday. So many times we see the Jags get away from uh, running the football, and they did that briefly in the first uh, in the first half the other day. Uh, or yesterday, um, as uh, they were giving it to Leonard Fournette there a while, and then um, Hackett, I think, called for maybe uh, four consecutive pass plays. But for the most part, they stuck to their guns. They stuck with the run, and I really loved the game plan that was uh, that was called by Hackett and the Jaguars. Absolutely, and and what he probably saw was the fact that you know if Pittsburgh can't stop me, then you know why stop and risk you know, putting Blake Bortles in a position where he could, you know, lose the game for us potentially. Uh, but, yeah, coming into this game, it was – I think they were 23rd. The Steelers were against the rush. And um, there were certainly opportunities there to be had. And Jacksonville and Nathaniel Hackett, in their credit, took advantage of it with the rushing attack. Um, because, I mean, when you when you pass the ball specifically against a team like the Steelers, you play into their strength. I mean, they're the only other team that is better than the Steelers statistically right now in terms of defending the pass is the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, that that was an indicator that basically the Jaguars weren't going to have a lot of um, passing downfield or passing at all 
um, throughout this game. I didn't think they would throw a total of 14 passes. I thought it would be a little bit more than that. But that being said, when, when you see how the running game got going early and, and the opportunities that were there, Hackett just stuck to his guns, and, and he, he just basically told the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to come and stop me, which they, they never really could. And that being said, that's ultimately how the Jags won the game. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, I just uh, was, was looking at uh, several of the hits yesterday that uh, Fournette really put on the Steelers, and uh, he really was uh, so physical yesterday. That's one thing I love about Fournette. He seeks out uh, the physicality, and he seeks out defenders and, and wants to punish them, and he did that yesterday so many times. And uh, i got to be honest with you, um, right now the Jags playing pretty good football, James, and the defense. We'd be remiss if we didn't start talking about this defense more often Five interceptions yesterday, and, and I gotta tell you, the very first one was that was that Jalen Ramsey. Yes, the, oh. the Jalen Ramsey one to um, it was I think it was attempted to one of their tight ends. Right. I can't remember who it was, right. but it was another leaping interception. Oh <laughs> man, what a great pick that was for the fans that missed it. Um, it looked like Roethlisberger, who was under duress, had found one of his tight ends. But just at the last minute, Ramsey dives and takes the ball away from the tight end. And, I mean, it was just an unbelievable play. What a talent. And the Jaguars have got some talent. You know, a lot was made of this Jags defense before the season with uh, with Moye and Church and all the other high-priced defensive uh, free agents that came over. Probably maybe haven't played it to their potential before yesterday, but now learning to play together. I heard a stat yesterday, James, that said I believe that this was the second or no, no, the third consecutive game where you had the same starting 11 on both sides of the ball. And we know what a problem that has been from a consistency standpoint with having the same guys on the field to start the game. So again, the Jags defense. They could they could pan out to be one of the NFL's best. Absolutely, as it stands, and even coming into this game, they were statistically the best passing defense in the league. And I mean, I, I could argue that they have the best pass rush in the league when you look at them on tape. And it all starts with pretty much that pass rush with Calais Campbell and the addition that they made with him. And you could argue that his addition is probably the best in Jags history, even though it's early. But it was such a crucial addition, Phil, because what it did, it, it was it kind of gelled the defensive line together because they always had potential, but the problem was they could never consistently get to the quarterback. And now he, he allows them, he gives them a player that can rush on the edge on early downs on, on, the, on the strong side, wherever the tight end lines up. And then he kicks in into the interior uh, alongside Malik Jackson pairing those two up and then you can bring in Dante Fowler and Yannick Ngakwe, and he pushes the pocket so well for those two young defensive ends. He's elevated their plate. Uh, Fowler has five sacks on the season, and I think Ngakwe right now is at three uh, with uh, two or three forced fumbles. So he's elevated those young guys' play in the middle, and as a result, guys like Jalen Ramsey have been able to feast, not to take nothing from Jalen Ramsey because 
in my opinion, Jalen Ramsey is probably a top three corner in this league, and it's only his second year in the league. Um, and uh, he, he just he uh, that pass rush, should I say, really really helps that back end, that secondary, which is already talented, along in uh, AJ Boye, uh, Ramsey, as I just said, to Sean Gibson and Barry Church. So you, I mean, not only that that um, addition of Campbell. But the, the addition as a whole of the 2017 free agency class that Dave Caldwell put together, it's just probably one of the best, or it is the best in Jags history when you look at what they've done early in this season. And, I mean, unless, you know, something catastrophic happens, those guys are going to propel this team, uh, especially those free agents, uh, to, to the postseason if that is the case, if they can make it to the postseason. So, uh, you you got to really credit Dave Caldwell there for what he put together on defense, and not just through free agency, uh, but also through the draft. We're talking with our buddy James Johnson from the USA Today Sports Wire. He covers the Jaguars and uh, NFL teams throughout the league, and of course, primarily though, uh, the the beat writer for the Jags on USA Today Sports Wire. And again, we're glad to have him here on the show with us he generally visits with us at least once weekly as we preview and review the jaguars so again a big signature win for shad khan there was uh, many shots made of khan up in the owner's box uh high-fiving uh family and friends everywhere and you know with the money that he spent in the offseason he's so dedicated to making this team successful on the field and, of course, he wants to give something to the fans of Jacksonville. He wants to bring a winner to the uh, to the city of Jacksonville. I just don't know a an owner that is more vested in his city than Shad Khan is with the Jaguars. Absolutely, Phil. He, he's just, you know, I don't think the Jaguars could have asked for a better owner when, you know, Wayne Weaver sold a team because, you know, there was always this talk of them possibly moving and and if Wayne Weaver ever sold the team, would he sell it to somebody who would be dedicated to Jacksonville? And that's what Shah Khan's been. And and we have to give kudos to Wayne Weaver for finding the right person that was gonna, you know, keep this team here, uh, give to the community as Shah Khan has. And uh he, he he hasn't disappointed so far. I mean, he's a guy he came right through the door, uh, you know, told the city of Jacksonville that he, he's gonna work on making this team a winner. And he also, you know, made the additions, um, you know, for the football teams in terms of, you know, getting the um, renovating the locker room, renovating the stadium. Uh, they made Daly's Place this year, which is a basically it's an amphitheater connected to Everbank Field, which the community can come to and watch concerts. So mm-hmm. this guy is, is uh, a, definitely an innovative uh, owner, one of the most innovative in the league. And uh, he, he, he's certainly taken the Jags to new heights uh, since he's been there and also increased their value uh, to roughly, I think, it's $3 billion the Jaguars are valued at. Uh, and, and to come to find out, he bought the team for roughly $800 million. So that goes to show you how good of a businessman Shot Khan is as well as an owner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so uh, the Jaguars now, uh, what, first place uh, in the AFC South, uh, what's it going to take for this Jags team to keep it going? I think we we both would agree um, we're going to still have to see more consistency, James, and improved play from our quarterback. 
Absolutely. Consistency is, is, is where it starts. They have to be able, as Leonard Fournette said after the game in his press conference, they got to string them together. And his quote was to, you know, let's get two in a row. And if they can do that, the Jacksonville Jaguars can make the postseason. Now, I mean, you look around at the AFC South, it's certainly a chance uh, when you look at the fact that the Texans lost Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt last night in the same drive for the season. So their defense, which is probably one of the most feared pass rushes in the league, you know, simply won't be that this year because of the injuries. So, you know, that that's a team that Jacksonville needs to handle business with. I, I know it's looking a bit far ahead, but, you know, they need to handle their business against that team, especially with the, the state that their defense will come into that game in. I mean, and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars also played the Colts in two more weeks uh, who are probably going to be without Andrew Luck. They say he won't be back to November, so they got to win that. And, I mean, like, like you said, Phil, consistency is where it starts. Uh, they got the L.A. Rams coming into town uh, this week, and this would be the perfect point to, to start stringing some wins together and, and, and garnering some, some consistency, which they have struggled with mightily in the past and they struggle with this year as well i know the jags went out and picked up max mccaffrey and uh he uh, was on the field uh yesterday and uh, i gotta tell you he adds a whole new element uh to this jaguars team both from the line of scrimmage and returning kicks yeah he got his first um reception yesterday from blake bortles it was kind of one of those passes where uh, Bortles was, you know, under the rest and had to find somebody to dump off to, and, and Max McCaffrey was there. Uh, the funny thing was, like, after that, I was looking on Twitter, and his brother was congratulating him and whatnot. And as we all know, that's Christian McCaffrey from the uh, the Panthers, <laughs> uh, the running back taken by uh, from Stanford in the first round. Very talented family in general. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to always see, you know, brothers and, and even going back to the Mannings, you know, just family members and, and the success that, you know, one one family line can make and put into the NFL. So, yeah, McCaffrey's a guy I'm definitely going to be looking uh, looking into more going forward. Uh, he's kind of – he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, due to where he is on the depth chart. But now that, you know, they, they do need receiver help and, you know, they have some injuries there, uh, we could definitely see more of him going forward. All right, so speaking of going forward, uh, James, uh, who who's up next on the docket for the Jags? Yep, that would be the L.A. Rams, who um, they 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 are playing very good football. I haven't um watched them in detail in film yet, but from what I've seen um on the highlights, Jared Goff has taken taken another step, and that's why they took him. Um, that that was why he I was high on him personally. Um, in, in last year's draft. And now that they have a better offensive line, they have a better group around him. Uh, they got Andrew Whitworth in, in free agency, who's one of the veteran left tackles of the league, who uh, I think he's roughly 33, but still has a lot in the tank and has been, been protecting his blind side very well and has been a great addition for that team. So uh, they also got Sammy Watkins. And, uh, you know, that, that team – you can't discredit what they do on defense with Aaron Donald and, and that whole crew. All around good team and, uh, and a lot like the Jaguars in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, it's going to be two young ascending teams uh, out there to prove which one, you know, is, is the better of the two. 
All right, so uh, <clears throat> James, we have got a another big one coming up. As you mentioned, the Rams, one one of the better teams at least this year uh, in the NFL. So uh, I think this is going to really be the key to the Jaguars. We saw how we opened up the season with the big win against Houston, and then the Jaguars uh, Jaguars uh, regressed against Tennessee. Now the Jaguars have to take with this victory and put another solid game. Uh, alongside this one, and then I think they'll have everybody in the NFL believing. Absolutely, absolutely. They have to go into this game, um, and their defense, you know, is going to have to do what they have been doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get to Jared Goff uh, for them to, to have a chance because uh, typically this game, I mean, when you look at this team, I'm just going to come out and say it, they probably aren't going to win you a lot of games if you solely depend on the offense. But with, with the help of the defense, and if Blake Bortles can take care of the ball as he has been and, and Leonard Fournette can keep playing like the offensive rookie of the, the year that he looks to be, they certainly have a chance to win this one. And this is one that Vegas has them winning. Um, so that being said, uh, we, we'll have to see, you know, if they can they can string it together and, and play with some consistency as, uh, you know, Telvin Smith has been preaching uh, the Valdosta native there and uh, and the rest of the locker room as well. Absolutely. Well, James, I tell you, I know as a Jaguars fan, you got to be excited. I certainly am. I love seeing their brand of football, and uh, we knew with the talent that they had, it would come around sooner or later. It looks like it's here, and now the task is to keep it going. Absolutely. They they put in the work all of the years through draft and free agency, and uh, now it's just simply time for everybody to go out there and play and, and prove to their potential. James, I always appreciate you joining me. And uh, let's talk again on Friday. And uh, we'll preview in more detail this game coming up this weekend with the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll be absolutely um, down to come on on Friday. You just, as you always do, just shoot me the time. And I'll be up in early, up, er, up early in the morning to uh, get with you and uh, talk some jazz football and NFL football in general. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, James, thanks so much for coming on with us. Uh, You know your stuff. That's why I love having you on. And uh, let's get the Jags a victory, and we'll talk about it on Friday. All right, Phil. um, Definitely looking forward to it, and you have a good day. All right, uh, James, you too, buddy. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that's uh, James Johnson as we get ready to close out the show here this morning on the Morning Sports Drive. Again, James uh, covers the Jaguars on the USA Today Sports Wire, and we appreciate James checking in with us here uh, twice weekly, every Monday and Friday here on the Morning Sports Drive. All right, uh, where did the time go? It is gone. It is time for us to uh, exit stage left. Thanks so much for being a part of the show this morning. As uh, Again, a lot to talk about, as always, and uh, thanks so much again for being a part of it. Don't go anywhere, though, because we've got Dan Patrick and the Danettes that are going to be taking over next, followed up by Rich Eisen, who comes up at uh, noon. So that is the remainder of your morning lineup, and that will be taking you into the early afternoon. And, Of course, all the way until tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., at which time we'll start the day all over again.
All right. Have a good uh, Monday, everybody. Don't forget VSU Coaches Show tonight out at Coria Can Mexican Restaurant. And I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Have a good one. Gottlieb show. Mish Booker. Can we stop with the Lamar Jackson thing? And it's not to say that he's not a great story. It's not to say that he's not fun to watch. But we just didn't, with a keen eye, truly pay attention. We got caught up in the numbers. And we didn't look at the actual substance. When now, we watch the substance, we're like, hey, you know, it's not like that great. He is more of a wide receiver who plays quarterback. The Doug Gottlieb Show. This is a brilliant move. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Let's go. Are you ready to enjoy this? Yeah! Well, let me have it. It's the sports and entertainment that you crave. Ready to dominate the ear holes of America. Yeah! 24-7, 365 days. This is what I love about radio. Let's get to the news story of the day. I would agree. I'll be the first to agree. We're live and we're giving you what you need. Can I finish a sentence? Trust me, I'm not lying to you. Yes! You know what they say. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, boy. Catch anything you missed on the Dan Patrick Show app. Ashton Kutcher sent in a video. Johnny Bench called in. Reggie Miller. Brian Cranston's calling in from London. Larry David. Will Ferrell's on a bike trip with his family. Dan Patrick. He's the mayor of Los Angeles. Don't call him Mr. Mayor. Eric Garcetti uh, joining us. It looks like you might have something there. You have a I folder. Do. Looks like it's pretty official. I'm, I'm hoping you have something there for I, I have, Oh, I absolutely oh, oh, oh wow. We got folder. more than that. I got I got right here for you guys. Uh-oh. A little certificate. Congratulations. Frames. Dan and the Danettes. 
uh, 10 years right here, City of Angels. This will allow you to park anywhere today you want in the city of L.A. But just be careful because there's, you know, Beverly Hills isn't part of the city of L.A. Culver City isn't part of the city of L.A. Oh, but okay. Right here in the city of L.A. Now, do I put it on my dashboard? Yeah, put it on your dashboard. It gets you through the uh, lanes really easily. Here he is, joined by the four Danettes. It's Dan Patrick. Uh, we made it back from Los Angeles. Great weekend, everybody. Welcome to the program. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Good morning to our radio and TV partners best and worst of the weekend as we always do every monday where you get a chance to tell us what you liked you didn't like steve smith from the nfl network stops by the big unit randy johnson hall of famer will join us and the jacksonville jaguars rookie running back leonard fournette that's the guest list as we speak have a poll question tonight mitchell trubisky makes his debut vikings at the bears baseball today and tonight astros Sox. Nationals, Cubs, Indians, Yankees, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, major injuries, two of the biggest names in the game. Odell Beckham Jr. out for the rest of the year, and so is J.J. Watt, as uh, they have broken bones, a fracture for Odell Beckham Jr., which is different than having a knee injury. And I know people are going to say, boy, that looked gruesome. It is. It's a fractured ankle. But to me, that's better than having knee surgery. J.J. Watt, I don't even know what his future is right now. I'd like to see where he is once he's done with his tibia surgery. But judging from what he's been through, he did have doubts about even playing again with everything he had gone through. You know, last year being out, and you could just tell. There's a different kind of pain when you're watching somebody. There's the pain of the injury, but there's also maybe a realization that kind of washes over you that it is done. The season's over. All that hard work in the off-season, uh, off-season. the the rehab pro- process that you have, all of that just kind of comes crashing down on you. And you saw that with J.J. Watt. He's done incredible things, you know, probably Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year with everything he's done with the hurricane relief and raising over $30 million and coming back and the promise of the Texans. And they got a quarterback now. Defense was going to be very good. Uh, you know, they lost Whitney Merciless last night. And it just, you got that feeling of everything was kind of convulsed, you know, there, there was this confluence of emotion there last night, where it's not just the pain, which I'm sure was excruciating. And the same with Odell Beckham, as he's being carted off, you know, he, you can see that he knows that this was hard work to get back. He wanted to prove everybody wrong. He didn't hold out in the preseason. And now... His future, long-term future with the Giants, is probably up in the air. Now, they've already exercised the uh, fifth year of his contract, and it's fully guaranteed even with an injury. But you wonder after that if Odell Beckham Jr. will be on the Giants. There were some strange things that happened yesterday. You're just watching going, okay, these are the Jags who lost to the Jets, and now they're picking off Ben Roethlisberger five times. And then after the game, Ben Roethlisberger dropped this little bomb. I'm not playing well enough. Why is that? Don't think so, but maybe I am. Maybe I don't have it anymore. Now, I know he's being kind of short, uh, sarcastic there. I don't I don't think Ben feels like he doesn't have it. I think he's frustrated, embarrassed as well. Now, when you read that, and I first got the quote, as we we're getting ready to do football tonight, I saw, you know, here here it is. You know, there's that quote, and you went, wait, hold on. Mal, now, it, when you see that he's surrounded by reporters, he's just being defensive. But do I think that Ben is having second thoughts on this season? I have no idea. 
because you have, you know, the people who are providing the distractions in Pittsburgh are the star players. Le'Veon Bell holds out. Antonio Brown throws the Gatorade cooler. And now Ben says this. Ben calls out Antonio Brown for being a distraction. And then he becomes a distraction because now we want to know, as people are reminding me, your game manager is probably the leading candidate for the MVP. Hey, Alex Smith has played well. He's still a game manager. He's played well. You know who were game managers? Bart Starr. Bob Greasy. They're in the Hall of Fame. So you can be, it can be a compliment. I know it's not taken that way by Alex Smith, but he manages the game. Did so last night against a good defense. <laughs> what? It, it, it's funny how that's an awful uh, insult for a quarterback being called a game manager. Well, he views it that way. And I've been told by Kansas City folks that he's not pleased that I call him a game manager. Yes, McLovin. I actually just looked up his stats. He's got he's third in the league in passing yards at 11 TDs and zero INTs. I mean, he's a runaway MVP right Manager now. of the year. Do you know the only turnover that the Chiefs have had this season? 